Well, I want to thank you guys. Turn me down just a little bit uh, for praying uh, for me. We were down in Peru, uh, South America last weekend, did nine meetings in three days. Uh, powerful uh, move of the Holy Spirit. Probably my favorite meeting was the youth rally. Uh, a lot of the youth that gathered, I preached on the baptism of the Holy Spirit in fire. How many of us want our young people to be more addicted to the baptism of the Holy Spirit than a bunch of video games and pizza parties? Right? We want to addict young people to power encounters with God. We want them to get so wrecked and ruined. There's no high like the most high. We're not watering down anything for any age. We're cranking it up and letting the work of the Holy Spirit have his way. And then uh, I woke up this morning a little bit relieved because last Sunday I preached five services. So this is a piece of cake. So this will be real easy. But uh, we went toe-to-toe and I uh, preached on the shedding of innocent blood. And I'm going to preach this morning on the shedding of innocent blood um, I was attacked last night in my sleep about 3 a.m. I can't remember a spiritual attack that I've had like this in uh, several years. And I believe it's because of what uh, God is drawing me into. You know, I'm so grateful for uh, so many women that are getting involved in this issue on abortion. But I want to know where are the men? Because do you know that originally why so many women have chosen to abort their baby is because they knew the father would never be around. We're actually talking about fatherlessness. And I believe that God is going to raise up uh, mighty men of God, women of God as well, that are going to take their stand in this generation and fight for life. So this morning, uh, I want to lay some biblical foundation uh, as a minister, as a uh, church family. Uh, we don't care about the 501c3. I, I can honestly say that in nine years of being a church plant, our elders have never had a meeting about how to grow our church. We, we've never had a meeting about, well, what should we preach so that people like it? Uh, our method is get in the place of prayer, dive into the Word of God, and whatever God says to speak, you will speak, whether the people listen or they fail to listen. So this issue of abortion, it breaks my heart that many people have never heard a sermon on the shedding of innocent blood. When in fact it's very clear in the scripture. So I'm going to lay a biblical foundation. And then in two weeks I'm going to get into Roe v. Wade. I want to teach you about eugenics. I want to equip our church family with a historical understanding of why Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, wanted to annihilate the african-american race i want to tell you that you cannot separate abortion from racism 
There might be some things in this sermon or in two weeks that you don't want to hear. I'm not saying I don't care like your opinion doesn't matter. But I know that when the devil comes and attacks and keeps me up all night, I know that the Lord has a message for us today. So when I said I feel like throwing up, it's just, you know, you know when the devil's on you and you just have to keep going, oh well. But uh, if you want to pray me through, you can pray me through. That's okay. And uh, Marilyn, my wife and I are going to give $10,000 toward that, that facility, the purchasing of that facility. Because th- this is, it's not okay. It's not okay that babies are being murdered right down the road and we're going to go along about our lives. It's not okay that 60 million babies have been aborted in America. Their blood is crying out from the ground, and we want to go on with our little American dream. It's not okay. And God is going to draw the church into a divine confrontation. To be a prophetic church means to have an edge. It means to get a sword. It means to cut through the haze of me and mine and say, God, would you begin to grip me with what grips your heart? I want to encourage men, women, young people, old people. It's interesting that awakening has always ran parallel with national crisis. In fact, national crisis has always preceded awakening. So you had the Revolutionary War, a national crisis, precede the First Great Awakening. Then you had the Civil War that preceded the Second Great Awakening. I'm going to tell you that the national crisis in America is the shedding of innocent blood. I don't care about Democrat, Republican, Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump. This is not about your race or color. This is not about which side of the table you vote on. This is a civil rights issue. This is a moral issue. This is an attack on the Declaration of Independence that you and I could pursue life. Liberty and the pursuit of happiness. There is an all-out attack on life in the womb. And I want to tell many of you this morning that have had an abortion. I want to tell some of you that have paid for an abortion. God is going to cause you to be some of the greatest champions for life in the church. I did television last month with a woman who has had five abortions. She began to cry out to God when she recognized it as a sin. It's murder. When she began to recognize she had committed murder five times and begin to allow the Lord to deal with her heart, she said, God, what can I do? To this day, she's adopted nine children. We were down in... Peru last weekend, Peru has one of the highest incest epidemics in all of South America. We visited with 10, 12 to 14-year-old girls 
whose fathers raped them. Every single one of them chose life. You, you can't imagine like 12 to 14 year old girls having little babies. The, the innocence, the anger, the violation of their will. I mean, just the stinking demonic realm. Yet this church in Peru decides, well, you know what? We're going to open up a home for these young girls. We're going to make it one of our primary missions to fund these young girls in the babies. I thought to myself, if they could choose life in these horrific situations, why can't we? You know, it's interesting, this issue of life, it's the LGBT agenda, all these different issues of our day, they're spreading like a plague into South America, Central America, all over Europe. There is a worldwide crisis. The Antichrist is anti-life. I want to tell you the work of the Antichrist is among us. One of the things that we have to deal with in the church is it's as much in here as it is out there. I gave an altar call down in Peru, five services, thousands of people. How many of you have had an abortion or paid for an abortion? More than 60% in every service stood to their feet. It's not even legal there. If we're going to stand for life in this nation, we're going to have to begin to stand for life in the church. We're going to have to begin to get a backbone. I, I, I cannot drive by that South Florida location without getting physically sick. I mean, God gripped me with something beyond my own little life. Would you be so gracious to connect me with the eternal storyline of heaven? So national crises, they precede great awakenings. I have been outspoken. I am believing for a third great awakening in America. I am believing for historic outpouring and revival but I'm telling you, it will never come unless we stand for life. I, don't, I believe there's no such thing as a move of God in a church when the city doesn't get impacted. The devil has attacked marriage and family because he knows the power of it. And so I want to call on us as a congregation. I want to call on us as a people to begin to look thoroughly at the scriptures to what it has to say. And then in two weeks, I'm going to equip us concerning Roe v. Wade. Did you know one of the pills that they hand women to abort their babies is in fact the same pill that they handed in Nazi Germany in the gas chambers? Your mind is going to be blown in the following weeks concerning how deep-seated the demonic realm is literally reverberating across the earth and our problem as a church is we don't want to get involved in politics 
We don't want to get involved in education. We don't want to. So we just moan and we cry and we wail and we say, oh, Jesus, come back. We're, we're praying to go up when God is telling the church it's time to grow up. It's time to infiltrate society. It's time to ascend the mountains and our various sphere of influence and become a voice for the voiceless. I promise you, if you allow the Lord to grip your heart concerning this issue, it will flip your world upside down. I believe that the 2020 election the 2024 election, the central issue is right here, life. This issue of life, we used to fight for life at conception. Now we're fighting for life outside the womb. So we praise Donald Trump at the State of the Union address for telling a bunch of people to reconsider their infanticide decisions. Please reconsider abortion outside the womb. And the church is excited, but I say, wait a minute. Did he not just concede? We've become so dulled. We've become so desensitized to the murder of the innocent, where at one time we were fighting for life at a heartbeat, and all of a sudden we cheer because we don't want to kill human beings outside a womb? What about no abortion at all? Like, do, do you realize the, the insanity? The, the insanity we're, we're now fighting about if a baby survives a botched abortion, if we should leave them on the table to die. I'm telling you, if you have a prophetic bone in your body, this is not okay. There is a sense of justice. There is a sense of God making everything right. There is a cry for revival and awakening. And I'm just... I was thrilled to hear that this, it's the only abortion clinic in Polk County is right in our backyard. You know what my goal is? To become their worst nightmare. I, 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 cannot, I cannot wait to partner. It, literally, I was telling my wife, why don't, we'll just buy the place next to it. And give it to somebody that knows what to do. Let, let, let's, let's get a voice in our community. So as a ministry school at, Her at Maranatha, every Wednesday at noon, we're going to the abortion clinic. We're going with red life tape over our mouse. And we're going to take a stand in this generation every single Wednesday. I will not stop until it's shut down. This is, this, this issue of abortion, we have to get the spirit of Rachel who refuses to be comforted. I refuse to be comforted over the issue of the shedding of innocent blood in my nation. Lord, if it matters to you, 
would you make it matter to me? Thank God that we not only have the opportunity to stand at a sidewalk and if people cuss us out or get mad, who cares? That's not persecution, by the way. They, they cuss us out, whatever. But thank God that there's more. There's adoption. There's ultrasounds. I was preaching in California in February. A businesswoman who was a uh, successful lawmaker and attorney got so gripped by this issue of abortion that she quit her well-paying job and bought a truck and put ultrasound equipment in the truck and just drives it around night and day, stationing it outside of abortion clinics. She saved more than 500 babies last year. I mean, what, are, what am I doing with my life? What could be more important than literally saving the life of an innocent one? We believe, that, we believe that life begins in the womb. We believe that life begins at conception. This should be no problem in the church stating biblical values. This should not even be, well, brother, you can't say that because you've got to grow your church. You can't say that because we need the offering. Listen, they can take their money and they can take their seat. We're not going to be a place that welcomes baby killers. We are going to offer mercy. We are going to offer grace. We are going to offer redemption. I believe in the power of the blood of Jesus. But I believe, I don't care what party it is, but voting for politicians who support abortion makes you an accomplice to murder. Just wait. Just wait till we get into this whole issue of racism. More than 70% of Planned Parenthoods are placed in African American communities. Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, literally wanted to wipe the African American race off the planet. I will never vote for anyone who supports that. To me, supporting that makes me a racist. Okay, I need to get to the Bible. Genesis chapter 9. Let, let the scriptures convince you of how God feels about abortion. Genesis chapter 9. I want to tell you that God hates abortion. There's... There's no better, seeker-friendly, more politically correct way to communicate to people how God feels about the shedding of innocent blood. So in Genesis chapter 9, after the flood, the, the, the scriptures lay it out like this. Verse 5, Surely for your life blood... I will demand a reckoning. From the hand of every beast I will require it, and from the hand of man. 
From the hand of every man's brother, I will require the life of man. Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. For in the image of God, he made man. What we have to understand about the scriptures is because human beings are made in the image of God for someone to take another person's life. Or in this instance, we're talking about abortion, the murder of the innocent. There is a day of reckoning, a day of judgment that will come because of the shedding of innocent blood. It violates the image of God when we abort human life. Proverbs six sixteen. It says that there are six things that God hates. There are seven things that are detestable to Him. One of those six things that God hates is the shedding of innocent blood. Psalm 106, verse 37, it says, They even sacrificed their sons and daughters to demons. See, this issue of abortion just didn't come around in the last couple hundred years. There was a God named Molech in the Old Testament that when the Israelites would disobey God and turn to pagan idol worship, there was a God called Molech that they would sacrifice their children to what the Scripture calls a demon What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say abortion fuels the demonization of a culture. Abortion fuels the demonization of a culture. Saints, hello, welcome to the United States. Over 60 million babies murdered in this nation. It has opened up the demonic realm to the nation. And if you think about it, if it's just a black hole, you know, some of us, you've seen the Iron Man, the Marvel movies, when the sky opens up. I don't know, some of you are like, what are you talking about? And just they're flying out of the sky. Just imagine in America, there's a clear demonic, whatever you want to call it, portal opening where because we have shed innocent blood, we're just parading and welcoming a total demonic assault. Now, people can be demon-possessed. It's a way that the demonic realm gets in. Most people understand that. But here's what a lot of people don't understand. The demonic realm also attaches itself to ideologies and thought processes in order to take dominion over territories and cultures. So when you're fighting and you're speaking out about the issue of abortion because murder is demonically inspired, you're not just standing in front of the abortion clinic out at South Florida saying, oh, please don't kill the baby. You're engaged in a spiritual battle. There is a spirit war 
over this nation concerning the issue because this is more than is it right or it's wrong. See, the scriptures invite the divine God into the conversation. And when you invite God into the conversation concerning men or women, babies that he created in his image. So another one, the LGBT agenda. When you confront the LGBT agenda, gender confusion, gender identity, you are making war on a demonic entity that has released a spirit of perversion and confusion into this generation. So 2 Corinthians 10 We live according to the flesh, but we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty to the tearing down of strongholds, ideologies, thought processes. What are you letting your children watch? What are we allowing them to be taught into, in school? They are being seduced. They are coming up under a spiritual influence. And we have a responsibility as the people of God, as pastors, as leaders, as parents, to literally tear down those demonic Well, brother, why are you so passionate? We're in a war. We're in a war for this nation. We're in a war for your sons and daughters. We're in a war for your marriage. See, for me, when you get hit with the reality of light and darkness, evil and 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 good, you just you you can't just la-di-da-di-da. And I know I need to have fun, and people tell me to lighten up, and I'm working on it. <laughs> Thank you guys who tell me that. I, I need it. But when, you're, when I'm, like, dealing with couples, I'm like, it's not just, well, just love them better. And I'm like, you're in a war, a spiritual war. You have to wake up. I think that the the church should be like the the best car wash you've ever been to. Because whether you know it or not, you go to work, you you get slimed every day. You, 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 You literally, you get garbage vomited on you by the media. By the way, most of the false prophets in America are not in the church. They're on the news. Let me just rip open your religious bubble. Because we're just, again, because we're so churchy-minded, we're just looking for the false prophets in the church. I'm telling you, the false prophets are in the media. The false prophets is the teacher lying to your children. Hello. The false teacher is the Harvard professor that's teaching. Saints, they're everywhere. So here's the question, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? 
Oh, Jesus, I just pray you come back. It's getting really dark out there. I'm telling you, God is about to release dominion and power and authority and finances to a people that are willing and able to get their butt out of the pew and begin. I believe God wants to raise up prophetic activists in this hour. I'm talking about I'm calling men and women to the front lines. You thought it was scary coming to an altar call in church. I'm saying let's go to the sidewalk at the abortion clinic. Oh, brother, you're too intense. This is, this is too, you're, as the man said, the only thing it takes for evil to prevail is for good people to do nothing. When is the church going to get a voice? And I'm telling you, the demonic realm, it's so sneaky. You know what it's calling this morning? Hatred, bigotry. Oh, too critical. Oh, man, he's so negative. That is the demonic religious spirit. Listen, truth is the new hate speech. Oh, boy, should I go after it? Brother, why, why can't you just preach the gospel? Why can't you just talk about the love of God? Stop, stop talking about what's wrong out there. Well, listen, if we were actually preaching the gospel, if we were actually doing the works of the kingdom, out there would be taken care of. And you know that this whole trans whatever, I don't even know what to call it. Like this drag queen man, woman is like in the library reading to kids and her name is... Annie Chris. And I'm reading the newspaper saying, my God, he's not even trying to hide anymore. Antichrist. Annie Chris. Literally the spirit of the Antichrist. Saints, he's not out there stuck in the book of Revelation. He's at your local library. I feel like God is he's, he's looking for an army of, of men and women. You know, one of the revelations God has given me that is just like, Lord, okay, this is going to have to be you, is I believe the Lord has told me that in America, who will lead the greatest march for life is the gray hairs. Isn't it interesting the baby boomers in their generation, that's when the babies started being murdered in the 1970s? Do you see the parallel between the baby boomer and then the baby killer? See, I believe what's happening in this nation is there are many people in their 50s, 60s, and 70s, they're way more patriotic. They're, they're, they are way more alert 
to what this country is losing, the price that they're paying, that if we don't have a generation of older folks begin to speak out, trust me, you don't want us young, socialistic, loving people running this country. Oh, I'm going to vote for Bernie Sanders. It's a spirit. You're not not hearing me. We've got to get in tune to the spirit realm and begin to look way beyond faces and parties and say, Lord, begin to tune me in to what you're doing in this nation. But saints, I just refuse to build a house and have a family and hope I go to heaven one day. I want in on this. Like, I want in on the greatest move of God we've ever seen in America. I, I want in on what, whatever I can do. See, sometimes we get overwhelmed. Like, what, what do I do? I mean, there's so many needs. Praise. This is why I'm, I'm relieved. It's right here in Lakeland. We don't have to drive anywhere. We don't have to fly anywhere. What's our excuse? Well, I was too busy doing what? What could be more important than saving lives in a city? I mean, seriously. I didn't have time. I didn't. I'm over it. Lord, I want to do whatever that I can in the generation that I live in. I want in. I want to be a stakeholder. I want to take my place in a generation. And I'm telling you, if you heard it prophetically and if you missed it, I'm saying it again. America is doomed without the gray hairs. I believe this nation will go down in ultimate judgment from the Lord. If the gray hairs and the white hairs, if the men and women in their 50s, 60s, 70s and beyond don't begin to take a stand, don't begin to get on the wall, don't begin to cry aloud and spare not. As a young man, I'm telling you the truth, we desperately need you. One of the things that we need you to tell us is to get a job and keep a job and work hard and learn how to be married for more than five years. To fight when things get rough. To learn how to spank your children. Please, anyone. People are like, brother, aren't you excited about this new move of God? I said, no, I actually think it's going to be old school. I don't, who cares if you don't have a Facebook account? Who cares if you don't dress hip? Who cares if you don't know the, the new lingo? Stop counting yourself out. What I know about God is that when people begin to step out and begin to stand up for biblical values, God will exalt you. He will give you a place of influence wherever that might be. We just got a testimony of a young girl, 17 years old in a high school. They're talking about abortion. They all think it's okay. They all think it's all good. Just have sex. Go have the abortion. Keep moving on. This young girl stands for life and says, no, that's murder. She turned the whole class around and they left believing that abortion was murder. 
There, there's, there's something that we can do. I want to encourage you, whether it's prayer, whether it's finance, whether it's getting involved, there might be other issues that God is laying on your heart, but I believe abortion is the number one issue on God's heart in this hour. I believe that God so loves humanity that he will have to judge this nation for the slaughter of the innocent. I want to be very transparent about that. I believe judgment is coming to America and there's nothing we can do about it. There's nothing that we can do about the shedding of 60 million babies. We, you, you, can, you can say hope, you can, but again, every awakening in history is accompanied by a national crisis. I'm seeing light and darkness. I've had dreams. I believe cities are going to burn in America like real fire. I believe there's going to be rioting. I believe that the Antichrist spirit is going to rage in this nation. I believe we're going to see revival. See, I also believe when that the Antichrist starts raging, we're going to see entire neighborhoods one in a day. I'm talking about the greatest collision of light and darkness revival and awakening, judgment. I mean, you call it chaos. I call it glory. Lord, let me in on it. I just, I wake up and I say, this is awesome that we're living. And here's the, the good thing. Who cares if we die, right? Then real life begins. All right, I'm losing some of you. I'm, I'm going in psycho territory. I mean, what it do? We get to jump in on this whole fight and light and darkness and revival and glory. And when, when I breathe my last breath, I'll really start living. I want to welcome you out of bored, miserable Christianity. I mean, Lord, there's got to be more than three songs and a nice message. There's got to be more than soccer practice and fighting with my wife. I mean, I think a lot of times the fighting and the issues will get resolved when you start dreaming and believing for something more than yourself. How are we doing? They even sacrificed their sons and daughters to demons. So when they would worship Molech, they would literally tickle the babies all the way up to the altar. I'm giving you historical fact. This is how they sacrificed their children to demons. They would tickle the young babies all the way up to the altar because they believe if the babies cried, it would upset Molech. And then as they would throw the babies in the fire and literally allow them to burn, they would begin to beat drums to drown out the cries of the babies. 60 million babies, 17 babies a week are being murdered in Lakeland. And the same drums that they played back in are being played right now. It's called busyness. It's called your schedule. It's called your agenda. It's called your... When those drums stop being beat, because I'm telling you, he hears their cries. Listen to this. The land was, I'm still in Psalm 106. They sacrificed their sons and daughters to demons. They shed innocent blood. 
and the land was polluted with blood. Do you know that, I guess we're talking about air pollution or green stuff. I don't, I don't pretend to even understand about the global warming or the climate, whatever. I mean, we talk about a lot of pollution, but do you know that we have a blood pollution problem in America? Do you know that this nation is soaked in the blood of the innocent and God will not turn his ears nor his eyes away from their cries? They sacrificed their children to demons. The blood polluted the land. Therefore, the wrath of God was kindled against his people. The wrath of God is being kindled against this nation. I'm, I'm not God. I'm, I'm not the judge. But here's what I believe as a preacher is reading the word. Yes, those who have shed innocent blood will be held accountable. But I also believe those who allowed it to happen and did nothing will be held accountable too. Bible says in Proverbs 31, 8, open up your mouth for those who don't have a voice. I pray that God would give us a voice in this culture, that he'd break the fear of man off of our lives. Here are five things that we need to know, and I'll, I'll close. One, a day of reckoning is coming for nations and people who shed innocent blood. A day of reckoning is coming for nations who shed innocent blood. Two, God hates abortion. Three, the wrath of God will come upon nations who shed innocent blood. Four, abortion fuels the demonization of a culture. And five, the church must not remain silent any longer concerning this issue of life. What I want to end today with is saying that there is a call to stand in the gap. I don't know if Diane knew this or not, probably not, but she's saying that God is searching the earth. See, today we know that a day of reckoning is coming. We know that God hates abortion. We know that men and women are choosing to abort every day. But here's the thing. We're not without hope. Because the eyes of God search the earth. It says in Ezekiel, I searched for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand in the gap before the land. But I found no one. God is searching the earth right now, looking for men and women, grandparents, the gray hairs. He's looking for men and women that will speak out for those who don't have a voice. God raises up intercessors who stand before Him. The intercession that God desires is this, God, kill me before you kill them. I'm not talking about 
this self-righteous kind of praying where, oh, there's, there's evil in my town and, and I use the homosexual agenda, for example, because I know the Lord has spoken to me. The power of the homosexual agenda in America was actually granted to it by the church. Our failure to address heterosexual immorality in our midst gave the so we're not we've got to get over it's them out there no it's us in here and oh lord pour down judgment lord shut down that abortion clinic those evil people no what if we got into such a place of intercession that we would say, Lord, I know it's judgment is coming. Pour it out on me before you pour it out on them. What kind of mercy and compassion? Say, I don't want you to misunderstand me. I'm, I'm talking about reaching out with compassion, but resisting the agenda with courage. I'm not talking about railing against or yelling at or condemning women that have had abortions. I'm, I'm not talking about being self-righteous and mean to those people. I'm talking about a realm of mercy and compassion, of tears and cries and travail that says, Oh, God. So Lou Engle says, Jesus, I plead your blood over my sins and the sins of this nation. God, end abortion and send revival. I have this red band that I wear. It says life on it. Why do you wear it? Why is this the only thing that you'll wear on your wrists? I would rather tell time according to life than tell time just according to our time. So the Lord said to me, don't wear a watch because time is ticking according to this issue. Time is ticking according to this issue. God said to me, if we do not deal with the blood of the innocent in the court of man, then it will be dealt with in the courts of God. Trust me, we want this issue of abortion to be dealt with in the Supreme Court and not in the court of heaven. Because if you think the judgment from the Supreme Court will be difficult, we've not yet known the judgment that will come from heaven. It's like that, well, here I go again. The dumbest tattoo ever, only God can judge me. I'm like, really? You, would rather, you should rather judge yourself than God judge you. Did Paul not say, my conscience is clear, but only God can judge me? I'm talking about, to me, I want to contend against Roe v. Wade, but again, the states, they're already so smart. They already found the loophole in Roe. So now they're already voting individually so that if Roe v. Wade was overturned, they'll have states' rights concerning the issue. 
This is more than just marching and saying, Oh, God, overturn Roe v. Wade. This is about becoming prophetic activists. Listen, we need congressmen and women. We need mayors. We need governors. We need educators. We need, I told our school of ministry the other day, maybe only 10% of you are called to get a paycheck from a church. I just wish we could blow up and do away with people that don't feel they can walk in the calling of God if they don't work at a church. Bull-loney. You have more of an opportunity to win the lost, to establish biblical values in your sphere of influence, but what would it take for you to get a voice? Well, people won't like me. Here's the Bible. Woe to you when all men speak well of you. Jesus was not running a popularity contest to win friends and gain influence. I'm telling you, there's a collision. There's a false church and there's a true church in this nation. There's a harlot church rising in America that looks and acts and talks like the world. But then I believe there's an army that's rising that will marry itself to the man of war. Rick Joyner, he says, if in a time of peace you seek war, you're in rebellion. If in a time of peace you seek war, you're in rebellion. But if in a time of war you seek peace, you're guilty of treason. And I say in America, we're in a time of war. I wonder if many of us are guilty of treason. For the sake of life and busyness and family and me and mine, We're sticking our head in the sands when God is asking us to rise up. He's asking, He's calling, His eyes are searching. Is there a bold? Is there a courageous? Is there a bold as lions are the righteous? Are there men and women like Paul and the apostles who when they preached and they performed signs and wonders, they said, these are the men who have turned the world upside down. Could there be a remnant in Lakeland that could turn this city upside down, that could shut down this abortion clinic, that could reach out to our communities that have been scarred by racism and bigotry, Could we reach out for more than a world than ourselves? The Spirit of God is calling upon men and women in this hour. He's saying this is your hour. This is your time. You're bored with church. Praise God. Let me sign you up today. You're tired of the programs. You're tired of the three songs. You're tired of your miserable marriage. Let me sign you up today for a greater cause. To me, this has very little to me with me calling on you. This is everything to do with us connecting to the heart of God. I personally... 
would not believe a soul that would tell me that they've fasted and prayed and they've got before the face of God and have not been gripped with this issue of abortion. I want to say one time, I would not believe a soul in this nation that has fasted and prayed and got before God and them not come away with the heart of God is absolutely crushed concerning this issue of life. So what's the altar call today? God, give me your heart. Some of you, you're called to adopt. Some of you are going to have a role to play in this nation, adopting children, rescuing them out of these things. Some of you are going to pledge to partner to help buy this facility. Some of you grandparents, and I want you to go home on your Facebook and go off. Oh, what if I get defriended or unfriended? What if they... We're more worried about getting unfriended on Facebook than pleasing God. Oh, brother, I'm going to get fired from my job if I stand up for babies. Praise God. You want to say something? You're ready. Okay. Who else is ready? If you want to stand for life, why don't you come down to the altar? I just want to spend some time this morning asking God, what can I do? I'm not telling you what to do. I'm telling you to ask God what to do. Come on, we, we've got enough room up here. We can, we can come to the front. We, we can fill this place. Again, I don't, I don't know if it's adoption. I don't know if it's getting involved with ultrasounds, whether it's giving finance. This is going to be a church that stands for life. This is going to be a prophetic community who has a voice and is unashamed. God is gathering an army, a remnant. Come on, keep coming down. If you got to go, we bless you. It's all good. I want to pray two things. One, I want to pray over anyone in this room that has had an abortion or has paid for an abortion. I believe God wants to break the shame and guilt and condemnation off of your life. If you've had an abortion or you've paid for an abortion, you are under demonic assault. And I want to break the power of the devil off of your life. And then I want to pray that God would raise this church up to be a voice. So why don't you just grab the hand of the person next to you. Let's do this as a family. I want to pray that God would heal wounds. I want to pray over those of you that want to have children that can't have children. I've got faith this morning. If you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, why don't you just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost, if not pray in English. But let's just begin to connect with the heart of God.
God, would you give us your heart for the shedding of innocent blood? Come on, let's just break through this for a minute. Come on, we got to pray until we can pray. God, would you give us your heart? God, would you give us your heart today? God, here I am, send me. Would you begin to pray that, Lord? Here I am, send me. Lord, I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what I can do, but send me, God. I will stand in the gap. I will stand in the gap. I will be a voice. Prophetic activists. Prophetic activists. Lord, would you activate your people? Would you activate your people? Would you activate your people? Just hear God saying life, 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 life. Choose life. Choose life. Prophesy to these dead dry bones and say life. Prophesy over this abortion clinic in Lakeland and say life. God, turn the hearts of these women. God, break the power of manipulation. God, I'm asking that You would champion adoption at heart of the Father. Lord, I believe that the heart of the Father is adoption. Lord, I'm asking that You would release supernatural funds to this church. God, I ask that You would pour out 
hundreds of thousands of dollars that you would put us on the map to champion adoption in this nation. God, we ask that you would fill this community with babies. God, fill this community with young ones. God, I ask that you would fill every womb of that woman believing for life. God, we speak over scar tissue. We speak over scarred minds. Lord, we ask for creative miracles. Lord, would you come right now, Holy Spirit, would you do what only you can do? God, would you break poverty mindsets that would say we can't afford another child? Lord, I ask that you would release the gift of faith in this room right now in the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, we pray over those who have had an abortion or paid for one. Lord, we thank you that the blood of Jesus is stronger than any guilt and shame and condemnation. And so, Lord, if that's us, we repent today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we drive a stake in shame and guilt and condemnation. And we loose its grip off of a generation that's keeping them silent. Lord, I pray up out of death would spring life. Up out of guilt and shame would come forth a voice. Come on, ask the Holy Spirit, help me to be refused to be comforted. Lord, I just pray for a Rachel anointing, a prophetic Rachel anointing to refuse to be comforted over this issue. God, we pray right now for the funds for Maryland and this organization to buy this property. Lord, we call it from the north, the south, the east to the west. Lord, I ask that you would raise up a memorial to your great name in this city. Lord, burden your people. Burden your people to sow into eternity.
saints, I'm telling you, this is called church. Church is a place where you gather together with family to be trained and equipped and sent. There should be a burning, a fire, an unrest inside of you that causes you to go back to where you're from and say, Lord, I've got to do something. We've sat too long and said nothing for too long. There's a church in Washington that's literally having church at the abortion clinic in their town. One Sunday morning a month, they shut down service and have worship in front of the abortion clinic. There's no telling what God is going to do in this generation. Adoption. There, there's so many different options that God, I, I want to encourage you, get in on this game called I want in we've got to get in get me in the game some of you have been left inheritance why not sow that money into eternity some of you are getting raises you're getting divine favor get the more influence you get the large the louder you should shout the platform doesn't change the message. It should amplify it. Amen? So if you want, our ministry school is, I know it's, we work and we'll figure out a time, but we're going every Wednesday at noon. Every Wednesday, we're going to take lunch and go up there. It's open on Wednesdays and Fridays only. All day. Wednesdays and Fridays. And again, please, please hear my heart. We're, we're, we are reaching out with compassion, but we are resisting the agenda with courage. We are not heaping hate and guilt and condemnation. I'm telling you, what if one of them would say to you, I won't abort it, but will you take it? That, that's the kind of activism that I'm talking about. I'm not just talking about standing on a sidewalk and, and praying hate on them. I'm saying, Lord, whatever it takes, in Jesus' name.